Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca Lee Robertson, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers about, well, how the fuck they got so confident. Today, I chat with on-screen and voiceover actress Ashley Johnson. She recently starred in NBC's Blindspot, voices Ellie in the Last of Us franchise, and is part of the ensemble cast of Critical Role. In this episode, we talk about confidence in the face of grief, our feelings about therapy, and knowing what you need and how to ask for it. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Ashley Johnson. Boom. Hell yeah. Recording. We're doing it. We're doing um, it, I, Peter. <laughs> uh, I didn't even talk to you about what even this is. What even are we doing Talk here? to me about it. What I want to know. This is exciting. Okay. I'll talk to you about it. So before quarantine started, I was, you know, doing therapy. I started doing meditation. Have you ever heard of TM before? Transcendental meditation? Yes, I have. And I feel like I am still fairly new to it because I started therapy as well. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And the, my therapist does it. So she's been kind of... Oh, she I does TM? Done, she does. And so kind of like at the end of a session... She's kind of been slowly teaching me. I know it's kind of a, a little, you're supposed to go to the things and go to the uh, yeah. meetings or whatever. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway. yes, yes, yes. Yes. If you're going to do it like the official way. The official way. I yeah. I was taught by like a Vedic meditation teacher. So like TM is a, is Vedic meditation. They're almost interchangeable. And oh my God, I please don't kill me if I'm wrong about this, whoever's listening to this. Um, but it's like, from my understanding, it's like Vedic is, is this little circle. And then like TM is like an offshoot of this. Like, it's like a branded version of Vedic meditation, which is something that goes back years, 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 thousands of years. Um, anyway, so I started doing that and it really got me thinking about like how I want to be and like what I want to feel and confidence was something that just kept coming up for me. And so before, you know, COVID happened and before we were in quarantine, I was asking some of my friends who I consider to be like very confident people. I was just asking them to get coffee with me and just like sort of chatting wow. and picking their brain to be like, how, like, how are you this way? What is the like accumulation of qualities or events or whatever that you've been through that has helped you become this person? Because the person that I'm seeing is so confident and rad and I would like to have more of that. So, um, quarantine happened and I was like, okay, well, I can't do this anymore. I, I only had done a handful at that point. And I was like, well, I'm just going to do it on Skype. And then I was like, well, I have recording equipment. Why don't I just record it? Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And like, you know, it was also hard for me to be like, well, this isn't going to be, you know, grade A professional, great quality. Cause a lot of people don't have, you know, mic setups. So I'm, I'm plugging them through via Skype and, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not going to wait for the perfect opportunity in the starts to align to do this thing that like is very meaningful to me. So I just started Absolutely. doing it, man. And I think you're like my 15th person that I've talked to. Dang. Isn't that rad? That's so cool. Um, and like how cool that you thought of you, you connected with something and you were like, okay, this is the conversation that I want to be having. And you're fucking doing and I'm it. I'm doing the damn thing. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. And I'm proud of you. Thank you. And even just like, starting something and finishing it has been such a confidence boost, let alone like the conversations that I've been having. I've gathered so, I mean, they're the highlight of my days whenever I do these interviews. And after I'm just, I feel so good. And I'm like reeling on the conversations that I have with my friends. Also, I'm getting to hang out with my friends, which is another, which is another plus. Um, (laughs) So I was thinking about people that are confident in my life. And you are someone that 
when I was meditating, I thought about, and I was like, oh, man, she would be such a cool person to chat with. Um, man. Uh, that's so cool. So I'm so excited to I, talk to you. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I mean, it's funny. Like I, I, when I got your, your message about it, I was like, I don't, f- I, I, I don't feel like I am necessarily a confident person, mm-hmm. which I'm wondering, I'm sure in these conversations with people, maybe some people felt that way. Oh yeah. Um, there's been like, but it's funny. A, I, I've, yeah. There's been like a couple who have been like, yeah, I'm confident, but overwhelmingly it's been what you're saying. Yeah. Where you're just like, I don't know. I don't know what the thing is, but it's a very interesting conversation. Yeah. I feel like it's a, it's, it's something that I often question because when you see it in someone, you're like, oh yeah, that person is definitely very confident. And how did they get that way? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm excited you're doing this because yeah. I'm, I will be listening. So my first question was, do you consider yourself a confident person? But it looks like you already answered that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't. But I mean, I guess at the same time, I know it's a little contradictory. Like, it, it depends on what it is. Like, sometimes I, I feel like there are certain areas of my life that I do feel confident. Um, but it depends on what it is. What do you I feel mean, like you're confident in? I feel like I find my confidence I'm I'm a very hard worker mm-hmm. and it's work ethic in general is is very important to me and I think I'm confident when I'm prepared and I think that is that is a that's a big thing for me. I mean it's it's confidence I guess in some degree is Something I don't necessarily think about a ton, and maybe that's a good thing, but it's also, I don't know, this is, this is, this is, it. I know, it's something that I've been, I mean, obviously been thinking about a lot. Um, were you a confident kid? I feel like I was a strange kid. Okay. Like, I, I think I, I was confident in some areas, but I've al- always had some degree of like social anxiety or um, um, I always felt really weird around kids my age because I was working at such a young age. So I just felt very strange. And I mean, I guess I had confidence, but I never like even when I think about in my teen years, like I never really had that fuck you confidence that some teenagers have like fuck you, I know more than you adults. And like, I've, I've never felt that way. And, but I think I always kind of knew who I was. And I always knew that I was like strange and a little different. And I think in my house with my family and my parents, they were supportive of that. Yeah. And I think I think maybe I just, I found confidence in the fact that I was just a little off and a little different. And you like dug that. That wasn't something that you were self-conscious of. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is, which is cool. And I'm thankful for my parents for, you know, kind of being champions of that. It's also a very adult mentality to have to be like, oh, I'm different. And that's rad because I feel like a lot of kids are like trying to fit in, especially when they're in adolescent years, like trying to find themselves. Um, Absolutely. You know, and I feel like probably some of that was there. I mean, like, 
you know, if I go back to, to being a kid and teenagers, like, of course, there were times where you're just where I was trying to fit in. Mm-hmm. But I think there always has been, you know, a, a little bit of and I don't necessarily mean this externally, but I have always been a little bit comfortable in my skin. Where does that like, come from? It sounds like yeah, your family such a good was question. Your family think, was very like uh, helpful in cultivating that. Maybe I think so. I think a lot of it was my parents. Of sort of, I grew up in a, in a very sort of. It was very conservative, but on the other end of that, it was very artistic. You know, I had my mom who was and still is to this day, very Christian, very kind of, um, you know, had a, a certain set of rules to which she lived her lives her life by. But she's still very, very open-minded and very open to conversation, to talking about things. And then the other end of the spectrum, my dad, who was um, very cerebral, incredibly smart, and... Um, you know, science brain, but also insanely artistic. And it was a very open dialogue in our house about everything. And there was so much music and so much art and so much um, sort of intake of of movies and television and, and um, self-expression, which I think is really cool. Yeah, and do you think you feel like that contributed to your confidence that like creativity in a household? I do. I feel like I feel like if anything it contributed to sort of being my own person. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, like 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 being autonomous, like being Yeah. 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 And that's, I I think it's, it's important. Like I know, you know, if ever I get to have kids, I kind of, uh, I hope I can continue that in, in, you know, in, in an even more exaggerated fashion. Um, but you know, and I think another thing, like my, my dad passed away when I was 16, right before I was going to turn 17. And I think there was, I feel like two things happened when he passed where it was, I feel like when you lose a parent, it's kind of a, a a teenager like that. You kind of get your priorities straight really quickly. And, but there was another level of uh, the, the confidence that was given to me from my parents and my dad, some of that kind of, uh, kind of disappeared for a while because you're like oh wow I I've been relying on this person's um thoughts of me and their confidence that they have in me and I've just been going on that so I feel like after 17 I kind of went on this journey to be like oh wait I need to find the confidence in myself instead of relying on what other people think of me yeah what did you encounter on that journey what did you like seek out or find in that time Man, I think that, you know, like my, my dad was 
everything to me. Mm -hmm. So I think it was, there was a really long period where I just disconnected. And, you know, and and it's how I, I feel like over time that I have realized I kind of deal with things where I kind of just will step away. And it's something I've been working on. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I, I, I kind of, I, I, I stepped away and I think I became even more introverted than I was before. And were you more isolated from like friends and family during that time? Absolutely. I think that was just how I dealt with it. Like I didn't want to be, I still feel uncomfortable with people seeing my emotions, which is weird that I'm an actor, but I think that's why I'm an actor to some degree, because I feel like I need to let it out somewhere. It's like an outlet, yeah. Yeah, but um, I think it's it's it was just the way I, I felt like I needed to cope with it was to just disengage and get away from people and isolate. And But I think I learned some interesting things once I sort of got out of or got over the mountain of grief. Mm-hmm. Like, that's obviously always still there, but I think I... I learned that I kind of like being, uh, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. I don't mind being alone and I feel like I make a lot of discoveries and I can, what I need to get things done and to sort of feel confident in myself is to have alone time. So I've, I kind of sort of, took that time and as I've gotten older I'm like okay there's a more positive way to live this as opposed to just being a hermit in my home because I definitely did that where I I I didn't there was a period of time where I didn't leave my house for in my early to mid 20s um I did not uh really do a lot yeah because I just was not comfortable leaving my home yeah I mean you were full of grief you were isolating, you were trying to figure out how to deal with this immense trauma and pain. And so, I mean, I I understand that. I'm curious as to like, what incited you to then, uh, you know, leave your house and start acclimating more to friends and family? Was there like an inciting incident or was it just like time? I think... I, th- I think it was time, and I think a lot of it was um, sort of realizing the importance of friendships and relationships and all those things, which we know those are important things. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, and obviously I'm going off on a tangent here. No, this is all... Confidence, but, no, this, you know... <laughs> this is, it's all related. It all, I think, will lead to something. It we'll does. see. We'll see at the end of this journey. Um, but, yeah, I th- I think... It was definitely like I have I have a, a core group of friends and that are um, like my best friend Mila. I've known her since kindergarten. And uh, outside of that, a core group of friends that I've known for a very long time that sort of at this point, they know this about me. They know that sometimes I disappear and I just need to go be alone. And but I feel like over, you know. The past handful of years, I've gotten better at directing that into um, uh, not such a a negative light. 
you know, and I, I think it's, it's, I've, I've, with the help of therapy, discovered like how to do that in a positive way. Yeah. Of like, okay, this is something that I know that I need. I need that time alone to sort of recharge and be away, away from people to work on my shit, to work on projects, to do things, to get things done. And I'm glad I've discovered that and have come out of that sort of with some knowledge in the way that my brain and my heart likes to work. Yeah. And I think that's really important. And I think overlooked to some degree is like, is like that self, that moment of self-reflection where you can really like discover not only who you are, cause you might already know that, but like what you need to function as a human being in this, in this space, because it's so different for everybody. Um, and I think it's easy to, compare yourself to others and say like oh well they at least for me I'm like and I'll just use my fiance as an example he needs to be around people to recharge and I am the exact opposite um (laughs) yeah and so but I did (laughs) that's a good balance though yeah yeah exactly but I did compare myself to to that at at certain points being like man he has so many friends right he has all these and I'm like I have like mm, three like I have like a handful yeah Yes, like, I told, oh my God, I totally relate. And I'm like, is that bad? Like, what does that mean about me? And it's like, well, nothing. It just means that, I don't know about what, for you, but like, I really cherish this, like, this small group of friends and like the conversations we have are a lot d- deeper, I think, than yeah. if, I, if I had like a, such a large group of friends. I don't know that I would have the conversations that I that I want to have. I don't love small talk. It's not my favorite thing to, to do. Like I love yeah. getting like deep and getting emotional. In there. I love getting in there, you know? Yeah, me too. Um, I feel like that, like Brian, my fiance is the hey same way. Uh, like we both have fiances in case you uh, didn't know. Yes. That. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone listening. Um, I, he's the same way. He's very extremely extroverted when we met and, he had, you know, so many friends, knew so many people. I'm like, dang, this is a lot of work. Yeah, totally. Aren't you <laughs> but, tired? You know, yeah, but it's it's a different thing. It's it's everybody needs something different, and you know, they live their life so differently. But I agree. You know, it's it's for me. It's it's a. You actually posted something about enneagrams. Oh yeah. And recently, I was like. Because of this quarantine, I was like, okay, I'll take this freaking test. Yeah, yeah, what were you? So I took it. I was a five, which it's funny because I don't really, I I, I ended up taking that test and then a Myers-Briggs test because I was like, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else is there to do right now? And <laughs> truly, the Myers-Briggs test truly. is like 40 minutes. I know. But it's interesting. The, the, five, like is Enneagram, the five is the observer, I think, right? I think so. I think it's just like the, you know, it's, it pegs me. It's like the isolated observer, cerebral, basically you don't like people. So I was like, yeah, that tracks. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I feel like so much of, of what I've, the work that I've been trying to do, at least in therapy is learning how to be, um, to sort of use the, the 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 things in my life that I feel like maybe hold me back to try to sort of uh, corral those and 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 figure out how to be a little bit more positive. Um, how do you do that? I feel like 
I feel like when I when I started therapy, something that my therapist kept saying, she was like, you're really hard on yourself. Mm. And I feel like that's a takeaway that a lot of people have where it's kind of you go and she's like, you know, you, you kind of you're really hard on yourself and it's it's you need to try to let some of that go because so much of it is just the things that you're hard on yourself are are just things that make you you. And just like it's 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 all about redirection of, mm. you know, OK, I know that I am like this. So let me try to think of some things that, um, you know, will either push me out of my comfort zone or if, you know, to, to be able to read my tells of like, OK, right now, this is not a time to push myself out of my comfort zone. I'm just going to stay here and stay home tonight. And I also like. It's, I, I, I think so much of, of, of confidence is basically like whenever I see someone where I'm like, man, they're so confident. I feel like the, 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 the reason I'm thinking that about them is because I'm like, they're, they're confident in who they are. Yes. So I think that's the thing of just kind of, for me at least, of knowing who I really am making decisions that I feel like feel true to myself. And it's, I, I feel like maybe that's what confidence is to so. me is feeling like, Oh, I know who I am right now in this moment. And I feel okay with the decision that I just made. Yeah. So it's almost like redirection rather than changing who you are. It's like accepting, yeah. accepting, who you are and where you are, right? And then making decisions that decisions that are in line with that versus being like, bad me, I was wrong, that wasn't right, I need to do it this other way. Yeah. And that's so, that's so important and I feel like I overlook that sometimes too. Yeah, I feel like it's, 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 I mean, I feel like most people are hard on themselves. Like it's a, it's, it's easy to do because you live with only yourself and your decisions all the time. And you're like, ugh, what an idiot. Why yeah. did I do that? Uh -huh. Or like, you know, it's, 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 you know, I, I, I feel like one of the, another one of the major reasons why I got into therapy was to sort of get better at communicating because it's something that is very uncomfortable for me. Oh, okay. So it's, well, I'm grateful you're even doing this. This oh podcast, my goodness! Well, I, this my is all goodness. about well, communication. Well, right no, here. it's it's like I said, it's it's an interesting topic of conversation that I am also um, very fascinated by. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think I I. It's, but it you know in that and sort of trying to figure out how to be a better communicator, I've discovered a lot of really good things and bad things and just trying to sort of be okay with who I am. And at the end of the day, I, I am kind of okay with who I am. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, with most people, like I work hard on, on trying to be a good person and try to be there for the friends that I do have and try to be a good listener. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, this is an interesting topic. Why do you feel like communicating wasn't something that
that you were great at or was something that you wanted to work on? I was noticing that because, yeah, so there was a period of my life, like after my dad passed and then once I, I thought I dealt with it and then once I got into my 20s uh, and into kind of my mid 20s, mm-hmm. you it know, was it, was, it was like we'll a five, it, boy, oh boy, will they ever. Mm. Um, I realized I sort of was, I feel like I was disengaged from life for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that was just what was comfortable. And like people who have FOMO, I've, I had the opposite of that where I was just like, I don't want to be around people. I don't care if I miss parties. I don't care about uh, deep connections with people because I'm terrified of it. And I wonder if that like goes hand in hand with like, like, why were you terrified of these deep connections? Because you didn't want to experience that loss Again? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So I, I think it was, and what's weird is I don't think I realize that, mm-hmm. which it's, it seems so glaringly obvious is that's why I pulled away of like, oh, you're terrified to make a connection with people because you're terrified of loss. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, f- I, you know, so I, I think so much of the, the communication was kind of just because I just didn't want to get close to people. Yeah. And, you know, with working on that and sort of realizing that my connections with the people that I do have and the connections that I do make with people are so important to me. And I just have to put fear aside and and jump in. Mm-hmm. So I think through that, And then sort of discovering like, okay, I need to go to therapy to try to talk this out and figure this out. And, you know, in doing that, I, I, you know, I'm such an advocate for therapy now, which is so crazy because before that I was just like, why do you need to talk about your feelings to anybody? That sounds lame, Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is so dumb. Wait, how new is therapy for you? Like when did you recently? Um, so I had started... So I, I was living in New York for the past five years, right. and um, while I was there, I still had some leftover stuff of being isolated, which it's the perfect thing to move away from your family and friends across the country, and you're like, dang, I'm killing it. I can be like isolated out here all on my own. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that was really fucking hard, and I realized how much I do miss my family and friends and how important that connection is. Um, so... With that, I was like, man, I think I should maybe start therapy while I'm out here and I'm left to my own devices. So I tried it out there uh, for a couple months. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm fixed. (laughs) (laughs) As someone who's been in therapy for a while, I absolutely relate to that. And I think you are not alone in being like, I did it. I, I did it. I talked to my mom about this exact thing. And this was before she started therapy. And she's like, I think if I go in, they're going to say, uh, sounds like you're pretty normal. You don't need to be here. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, well, maybe not really. I was like, they absolutely won't say that. <laughs> no, no. It just reminded me of that being like, all right, I think I'm cured. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I, that's how I felt. I was like, you know what? I talked, like, I went into some deep shit. I talked about my dad dying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm fucking fixed. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. Like, all my problems are so good. 
Um, and then, you know, I realized that was not the case. I moved back home here very, I mean, in, in November of 2019. And I started going to therapy out, out here. So it's still fairly it's fresh. new to me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I discovered a lot while I was in New York and also over time. But I think this, this uh, sort of, I'm at a place now where I'm like, oh, I'm ready to work and put in the work and discover some things. And it's crazy just in however many, uh, since November that it's been, that I have learned so much. Yeah. Um, but I mean, a lot of this stuff, I think in terms of confidence is what we were actually talking about. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of this stuff to some degree, I already knew about myself. Absolutely. Um, but I think there's a lot of lessons that recently I've learned that I didn't know. Do you think that you'll, you'll keep going for now? For sure. So I've been doing Skype or, uh, just FaceTime. Yeah, same. And it's weird. It's harder for me, for sure, because I feel like I, I feel like I'm not being as open. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm trying. It's one, you know. It's it's because it still feels, um, it still feels somewhat new to be vulnerable with somebody, and then having to sort of jump through, jump to like FaceTime or Skype or Zoom, and you're like, oh, this is weird. But you know, it's an it's an it's it's another adjustment of something to sort of overcome. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, I'm getting there. Let's see, I'm coming up on five years of therapy, and dang, pretty wild. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. Wait, why were you? Did you have a similar thing where you're like, okay, it's time. I just need to go talk to somebody. Or. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You don't have to answer anything. No, 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 no. I'm, oh, God, I'm a fucking open book. You can ask me anything. Yes. You're okay, with, you were with me in New York for, for the beginning half of my rock bottom. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, See, I didn't take it that way. When I, what's so funny is when I saw you and we hung out in New York, I was like, dang, Rebecca is so free. <laughs> And I was like, this is amazing. This is a lesson to be learned. She's just like fucking living her life, doing what she wants. <laughs> you know? It's so funny. Uh, I can't say I wasn't doing that. I definitely was doing what I you wanted. You were. You were. To, yeah. a, to, a, to a detriment. Uh, uh, but yes. Yeah, so I started a, going a little bit before I moved and then like hit rock bottom in a hard way in New York. Um, broke my foot and came... Oh back my to God, LA. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, and was like, okay, this is rock bottom. Turns out it actually wasn't rock bottom. It, it was what I oh thought boy. was, yeah, it was what I thought was rock bottom. It wasn't. Um, but that's when I started going to therapy. But I, I found a new therapist like two years ago. I switched because I moved. Real, I mean, it wasn't really a, a big thing other than the fact that I moved and I didn't want to drive to fucking Beverly Hills, taking an like an hour yeah. to get there and I'm not doing that it's too um, much yeah so I found a one out here and she's so I like her I mean no offense to my old therapist who's definitely listening to this uh but I like my new <laughs> one <laughs> I like my new therapist a lot better um hey speaking the truth is important yeah uh, <laughs> uh so I feel like I've actually grown like so much more in the past couple of years that I've been with this new therapist than my old therapist. She just like, she didn't really get me. And I think that's another thing about therapy that people need to understand is that 
you, it, sometimes you've got to go to a couple to find the right one for you. Just because yes. you go to one, they're not all the same. In fact, they're very different. Um, it's like yeah. dating. You know, you're being so vulnerable with this person and compatibility is really key. You're not going to open up to someone that you fucking hate or that you like, you know what I mean? No Don't way. trust. And, yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. And then I, I also ended up getting on. So I've been like on and off antidepressants for for a while in my adult life okay but I kind of had the experience of like taking them for a couple weeks a couple months and then being like I'm better here I come um yeah and then stop and then I stopped taking them and then I'm like why does this suck uh yeah and so now being like on a stable medication and and with plans to stay on it I think is like huge and I think a lot of people think that um medication and i understand i understand all thoughts around it but like Mm -hmm. that it changes you as a person or that like maybe it like zonks you out or like makes you just like makes you different and um i do not find that at all i find that Mm. it makes me more creative it's like the ideas that i had i now have the energy to like make them happen whereas before they would just like stay ideas Um, wow so that's so cool to hear. And that's so cool that you're talking about it. Oh, yeah. Because I feel like that's, it's, I know people are, it, the, 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 the topic of mental health is being talked about a lot more. Yeah. But I feel like it's, it's still, you know, like this is a, this is a topic of conversation with my therapist of, is medication something for the future for me? Mm-hmm. And those are absolutely fears that I have mm-hmm. of like, well, I, I, I'm, I'm terrified of not feeling like me or like if I can't have access to my emotions or I'm only only excited because I 100% asked all these things and it's, it's the topic of, of conversation when you talk, well, like when you bring up the discussion of, of, of antidepressants into your life Mm -hmm. and you're like, and then especially, and it's so fucking dumb when you think about it, but you're like, well, as an actor, am I going to be able to like have access to my emotions like when I'm doing stuff? But I know that's not the case because everybody that I've talked to that is, that is on them, that stays consistent, they're like, that's not the thing. There's this fear around it that needs to be dispelled. Yep. It's, and I even talked to you know fellow actor friends too before I went on it this most recent time. Um, with that exact thing. I was like, I'm not going to be the same person. I'm not going to be able to access emotions. I'm my thing was like, Oh, I'm not a real artist. If I do this, I'm not an artist. Yes. Isn't that weird? What is that? I know. It's like, we're trained. Like if we're not like Hunter, Hunter S Thompson or like Bukowski where we're fucking living it, then there's no possible way we could be an artist. Truly, truly. Um, and I had that I had that fear, and I talked about it in therapy for like weeks and weeks before I decided to go on medication. And I think the final straw was being like, my therapist was like, "Okay, you either need to start exercising, which was the thing because of like mm. the dopamine release, um, of course, or you need to go on antidepressants, basically." And I was like, "I can't exercise. I'm depressed. I can't yeah. even go outside." Um, yeah, it's too much work. Yeah, it's too much work. I can, I can go to spin class. Are you kidding me? Yeah, um, no way. And uh, and so I was like, oh man. And I just thought thought on it for a while, and I was like, I have to do this. If I can't even like move my body in a way that like feels exciting and like like good, 
then yeah. I need some help and that's okay. Yeah, and it's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm going to be on this medication forever, but maybe I will be, you know, and I'm okay with either. Um, Absolutely. It's just, it's, it's chemical. It's just the way you're made. There's something that, that like, if you can, f- and, and the concept of it, of just like, you can take something that will help with that. Like the, the, the minor little things that are holding you back because of certain chemicals. That's, that's the concept of that. It seems so easy. Mm-hmm. Truly. Okay. You've been, um, you, you've, you've, you've encouraged me. You've, you've given me some new thoughts about yeah, this. Yeah, man. Just like think about it and talk about it and you'll, an answer will come to you, you know, don't force it or anything, but you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, all right. How has, we've talked a lot. <laughs> keep, of, we keep going off on tangents of like, this is definitely not an episode of confidence. I know. It, that's it's actually about depression. Enough, no, I've like loved, <laughs> I've truly loved doing these because sometimes like they digress into something else and like. We get back to it eventually, but they're just so interesting and real. And like, I was looking up like podcasts about confidence to try to find like what I was looking for. And it's all like self-help people or therapists or life coaches, like giving advice. And I was like, I don't want that. I want to talk to like humans. I want to talk to like real humans. I don't want to talk to, I don't want to talk to you about it. Like, I just really wanted to get real and authentic. Um, Absolutely. But so we talked a little bit about confidence with, your personal life what about like career wise has there been a time in your career where you felt like not confident or defeated and like how did you overcome that yeah I for sure and it feels it's something that happens all the time and I I think I realized for me though that it this goes back to my work ethic I don't feel confident if I'm if I'm not prepared so, you know, whenever I get um, an audition or even when I'm working and I have, you know, something that we're, we're shooting or, you know, it's for me, I, I kind of over prepare to a certain degree and I get a little obsessive about it. So, yeah, I do all of the pre-work. What does so being prepared look like to you? Memorizing your lines, breaking down a scene. Yeah. Memorizing lines, breaking down a scene. Um, um, a big part of it is actually memorizing lines because I have a terrible memory. Me too, man. Um, yeah. So, but a lot of it is just kind of breaking down the scene, um, preparing myself emotionally for... Uh, it's a lot of breaking down of the scene. Mm-hmm. So I read a script over and over and over again and go through it with a fine-tooth comb. And then so that I can get to a place, that's the only way where I've found that I can feel true freedom once I actually get to the stage. Where it's like, okay, I feel prepared with all of the things that I feel like could go wrong, such as forgetting a line or... um, who knows what? Yeah. And so that I can just go play once I get into the moment and sort of listen to the other person and just both of us just are able to sort of have fun and see what happens. And it's weird because to feel spontaneous for me on a set, I have to feel utterly prepared before I get there to be like, okay, now we can play and then just do whatever the fuck we want and go crazy and make weird, maybe bad decisions, but 
to, to feel less afraid of failure of like trying something and being like, yeah, that didn't fucking work. That was dumb, but let's try it again. So I think for me, it's, it's, it's over preparation, at least in terms of work. How does like, that play I, into critical role? Is critical role improvised? Critical role is improvised and so you can't really prepare for that. Or how do you prepare for that? You can't. And that is, that's something that in my life that, you know, cause we, I, I feel like I started playing Dungeons and Dragons six years ago now, maybe, um, which that in itself, because we, we, we stream it now on Twitch, but you know, we played a home game for a little over two years, um, which is insane that I went to go play that game in the first place because of how sort of private and socially awkward I can be. And, and the fact that someone was like, hey, come play like Dungeons and Dragons at my house. I still to this day don't know why I said yes, but I'm so thankful that I mm-hmm. did. So that's been a huge lesson for me of like, just say yes sometimes because you never know. If you hate it, yeah, you can pull the parachute. that's huge. Um, but, you know, what's the, the amazing thing that's come out of that for me is I realized you know, which maybe you've discovered this with improv, which right before quarantine happened, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start taking improv classes because that sounds insane. But, you know, it was like right before. Uh, and then I was like, I know I I've been trying Rebecca to get you to do was, our show. So, like, I'd be terrified. I know you told me you were terrified, but like you oh do God. critical role and that's improvised. So I'm like, you could do it. Oh my God. I don't know. But I, I, I think it's, it's a, Improv is definitely something, and this is another thing that I feel like sort of leads itself into confidence where you have to get to a certain place in some things in your life where, dang, that plane is huge. Can you hear that? I can hear something. (laughs) Okay, sorry. (laughs) But you have to get to, I feel like, a certain place in your life where I feel like if you if you really kind of have a little bit of confidence in you somewhere, it's found by being very silly and by putting yourself, um, be willing to embarrass yourself in front of people. And I feel like you can, you know, that's why improv fascinates me because you put yourself up there on that stage and you're like, I don't know what the fuck is going to happen. It could be terrible. Let's fucking see. Yeah. And there's something really magical. And to me, anybody who does improv, I'm like, you must have confidence up the fucking wazoo if you're able to do that. It's insane. No. It's insane (laughs) to me because that is, that is the absolute opposite of everything that I want. Yeah. Because I can't prepare for it. Do you think you're going to try it? Absolutely. I have to. I've gotten it, like, I'm I'm at the place, like, for as much as I prepare for things in my life before I jump into them, at least in, in the workplace, I am also, I need spontaneity and I need things to slap me in the face because I get bored. Mm. So I need things to be like, to, to fuck things up. So, you know, it's, I feel like improv is one of those things where I'm like, this is fucking terrifying. Let's fucking do it. Yeah. Do you think like 10 10 years ago you would have thought that? Or do you think like, is this a new discovery that you're like ready to do this, this thing that scares you? I, it's something I've always thought about and something I've always been curious about. I feel like now I'm finally ready. So I, I think it's, it's. I think at least with playing Dungeons and Dragons and getting a little bit of 
oh, I'm improving and this is fun and and it's not the end of the world that I don't know what's going on and I'm not prepared. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, there's a little something to that that's kind of exciting. It's scary and it's exciting and uh, I'm going to be front row to your first improv show, I guarantee you. No. <laughs> I, no, we'll do one together so that we, I can be up there and then just grab your hand and be like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, do if you do, if, when, <laughs> when you do our show, I'll be your scene partner and I, I got your back. That's one Absolutely. thing about, what's okay. one thing about improv, which I'm sure you relate to with Critical Role is like, you have a team like that's you can yeah. you feel confident because you have a, a team with you who supports you. And if one person goes down, someone else is going to save them. And or if they don't, you're all going to look stupid together. So you're not failing alone if you do fail. Absolutely. And I, I feel like with improv, that is the the pinnacle of creativity because you're 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 not sitting in a room somewhere coming up with something and then, you know, giving it a few drafts and working it out. Like, you're coming up with it on the spot, and that's so exciting. Yeah. It's so it's, it's so, so cool. nice to hear you talk like that. Because sometimes I'm like, all I do is, like, play make ups all day. And, like, I go to a black box theater that's, like, a piece of shit. And, like, no way. sometimes there's, like, ten people in an audience. And, like, what am I doing? Um, but then when I hear you speak of it, of it being creative, I'm like, yeah, you know what? You're right. It's the coolest thing in the world. Oh, it's nice. like, that's it's, good. it's, I feel like if somebody can do improv and make people laugh in that moment, like that's, anybody can, can, can sit in a room and take as much time as they need a year to work on a story, but you're literally putting yourself out there on the line. It's so fucking ballsy to me. And it's, it's so exciting to go out there and be like, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to come up with a story right now and we're going to do this and we're going to go on this journey together as an audience in this room and it's just for us. That's, soon That's gonna so be, cool. It's soon going to be you. Once quarantine's <laughs> over. Um, okay, so how... Okay. Back to confidence. So when... Yes. So you feel the most confident in your career when you feel prepared and you were speaking about or we were talking about is has there been a time where you felt not confident? Yeah, I I feel like for me, you know, and this this again goes back to, you know, just being unprepared, you know, and I, I think that's why improv is is so uh, fascinating to me because I'm like, well, I got to work on the things that scare me, but I feel like, yeah, when I there's, I mean, I guess going back to that time, I feel like when my 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 dad passed away where there's a lot of, how do I, how do I put this into, into words? Um, I think I lost a lot of confidence at that time because I was relying on somebody else's idea of me, mm. of my parents being like, you're amazing. Oh my God, you can do anything. And of course, parents think that, but um, most parents, hopefully. Um, but I think I, I lost a little bit of that after my dad passed. Cause I was like, Oh, well, if this person is not here telling me this, then I don't know how to be confident on my own. And I think that has been kind of the thing for me of being like, wait, I don't, I don't want to rely on somebody else's idea of me. Like, why can't I just stand alone and do it on my own? And 
it, I think after he passed and once I sort of got over stuff, it made me rethink a lot of things and I had to find it on my own. And I think also kind of, you know, like if you go through a really tough breakup, like I went through a very, very traumatic breakup as we all kind of do. do. And, you know, when you look back on it and you're like, okay, well you think in the moment you're like, this is just devastating. It's only happened to me. But you're like, everybody goes through that. And I feel like as those types of, like those life events can get you to a certain place where, okay, let me rephrase this. I feel like there are a lot of things in life when you sort of have deeper relationships with people that it's so easy to become a unit with someone else and with your partner. And I feel like, don't get me wrong, that can be such a beautiful thing. But for me, I feel like I've gotten to a place where I have to be able to stand on my own. And it's so easy to be molded by another person, but it's incredibly important to me to stay true to myself And I want to bring my whole self to whatever relationship I'm in, whether it's uh, romantic or friendship. Um, But, oh my God, I went off on such a tangent. Um, But I feel like those are the times where I feel like I don't have confidence when I'm relying on somebody else to tell me that it's okay. So how does that play into audition scenarios? I don't don't even know if you audition anymore, but... I oh I absolutely do. I hate auditions. Yeah. I hate because them. I hate that's re- them because that's relying on the opinion. I mean Absolutely. And it's it's relying it's walking into a room and, and this is the thing, like I will prepare and prepare and prepare. And it's like a bad hair day. Like you can do all of the same shit and then you walk in and you're like, What why did I just go in there and like absolutely shit the bed? Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a part of our job. We have to do it. Um, most of the time now I just ask if I can put myself on tape so I have control of it. Oh, you do? Obviously. Yeah. That's smart. Um, Yeah. I, I feel like I, I really like putting myself on tape because I like the process of, of going over the scene a bunch. I'll do it too many times, but I feel like I like to set the mood and like make it look how I, how I want it to look and try to be a little bit artistic with it. Obviously not too much where they're like, okay, this person's crazy. Um, yeah, but I feel like for me, I've learned that when I put myself in a situation of going to an audition and walking into a room, not knowing what the room is going to look like, not knowing who's going to be in there. Um, not knowing how the reader is going to be, those things throw you off. So if I can take away some of that stress, I'm going to. Mm -hmm. So if there is a chance to sort of put myself on tape where I can feel confident in the work that I'm doing and not only get one chance at it, I will fucking take it. And that's like knowing what you need to succeed and like asking for it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But so much of it is like I've learned that I've learned like sometimes 
it goes well when I go in a room and something hits right and I'm able to be spontaneous and I'm connecting with the reader and I'm just, it feels good. But that's so rare. It's so rare. And to, to walk in there and you're like, I only get one chance. Like this is such an extreme situation. Like when you're on a set, you don't, that's not ever going to happen where you have one time to do it. Auditioning, in my opinion, is so much harder than being on an actual set. So much harder. It's different and harder. Yeah. And some people are actually really good at it. Like they're really good at auditions. They're really good under pressure. I'm not one of those people. And no matter how much I prepare, sometimes it'll just go, it just won't go well. Yeah. But that's like, for me, I've learned like, okay, this is actually a better situation for me to do it this way. So this is what I'm going to do if you'll let me do it this way. I think for me, it's like, I like going in. I actually like auditions more than I used to, but it's because like I set them up on like my own terms kind of, or totally in what in a way that I think is my own terms, even if it's, like, actually not. But, like, that sense of, like, quote-unquote owning the room, which sounds, like, incredibly stupid. But it's, like, it's like I initiate conversation. I'm going to do this my way. We're going to keep talking until we're so caught up in conversations that you're, like, that that I'm, like, okay, let's do this audition. Let's, let's get it done. Like, Heck yes. you know what I mean? So it's, like, That's I'm going to do awesome. it on my terms. That's the only way I can do it. Um, yes, but it took a while for me to figure that out. Um, and also doesn't fly with, doesn't fly with every casting director, but I'm like, okay, well then I guess I'm probably not right for you. If like, if you don't dig what I have to offer, then like, sounds like we're probably not compatible. Um, for sure. And being like, that's not a slight on me. That's just the fact that like, we are not, we creatively are not seeing eye to eye. Absolutely. But that's hard to like, to get that. It's not, it's not personal, you know? Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. Have you ever not gotten a job and been like, and taken it really personally? Yes, for sure. Especially when, when sometimes, like I'm sure you have this too, where you read something and you're like, I am exactly this fucking person. And then, and then you're like, oh, but their idea, whoever wrote it or the director or whoever, they're like, no, not even close. Yeah. You're like, but how? This is just how I read it and how I interpreted it, that it's fucking me. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's, that's just a part of, that's a part of it. Like, you're not going to get everything and you have to be okay with that. And plus, this job, I'm sure as you've learned, like, you, you get a, a, you learn how to deal with rejection, which I think is a positive yeah. thing of just being like, okay, that's fine. Moving on. And, I I went through a period where I was, and this was about six or seven years ago, I hadn't worked in a while, and I was like, man, my I am not good at auditioning. So I ended up taking an audition theory class um, by a wonderful acting teacher by the name of Lee Hilton Smith. I believe it's her name. Um, and... It's just about auditions and it was just about sort of like, hey, you know what? A lot of people say, you know, and this is obviously very specific. Not everybody out there hearing this will be able to relate to this because not everybody's an actor. But um, 
she said, she's like, I know a lot of people will tell you, like, be a character when you walk in if you don't feel like you have confidence. Like, you walk into that room. You own that room. And that was always such a weird concept to me because I'm like, well, I'm walking into the room as me and I don't feel that way. Like, how am I supposed to just manufacture, like, a whole other character that's kind of me but then jump into another character and she's like you have to sort of set yourself up for success and she's like you know you have your life has to be more exciting than that audition Mm, that's huge though it's huge where it's like it it flopped a lot of my thinking on on that whole process but whatever we can get into that another time but um yeah, I, I think it's it's I feel like we do a lot of things to sort of make ourselves look more confident because we think that's something that's desirable for people. Like because we find it desirable when we see someone and you're like, God damn it, they're so fucking confident. Like, why can't I have even just like a little fucking pinch of mm-hmm. that? But it's you can't ma- you can't manufacture it. It's just you have to find ways uh, of who you are and how you work and be okay with it I love that that idea of like your life has to be more exciting than than this audition like yes and that I find that helpful too of like setting up other things to do like that day if I don't have stuff already lined up and being like yeah this is one thing okay I'm gonna throw the sides away and check this off the list we're moving on you know you kind of have to operate like that so how do you deal with rejection when you face it Um, I deal with it like anyone. I ball my eyes out for, no. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I feel like I've gotten, I've gotten better for sure. Like it's, it's, it's a tough thing, especially if you connect with something. If you connect with, with something artistically and you're like, oh, I love it so much and I feel like they're wrong. Um, but I feel like it's, it's, in some ways, I feel like we're pretty lucky that we do get to deal with rejection as much as we do because it's important to be able to learn how to get back up. Mm. And I feel like if you're constantly dealing with rejection and if, you're keep, if you keep throwing yourself back in, you have confidence. Like if you're able to just be like, all right, fuck it, moving on to the next thing. Like that's confidence, that's huge. That's so hard to do to be like, oh, okay, I really thought that was a thing. and But I guess it's not. Moving on. Um, and like recognizing that as a win. Even small yeah. things like that are personal wins. And I think Absolutely. that we might not always like pat ourselves on the back for like smaller things. Yeah. There was a, there was like, again, I, obviously this isn't relatable for everybody, but there was a, a quote um, in this audition theory class that I went to, they had uh, Sam Rockwell come and, and, and speak, and that was fucking awesome. But he was like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of pressure put on, you know, like, I got to get this job, I got to get this job, I got to go in this room and, like, be amazing. And, and um, he was like, you know, you are, you're an actor, always. But he's like, getting the job is just a promotion. And I was like, man, that's such an interesting way to look at it like you walk in and you're like yeah this is just my take on this thing um this is how I see it and this is what I'm bringing to you might be your thing maybe you'll give me the promotion or not yeah um 
And I feel like that kind of took a lot of the pressure off of um, the rejection of something, of being like, well, that wasn't my promotion for the job, for, you know, what I do. Right. And on to the next thing. How does, like, making your own art... Because you... Critical Role started, you guys made it on your own, correct? Yeah, yeah. How does making your own work or making your own art, does that in any way aid in your confidence? It's huge. And I feel like anybody who's an artist in any capacity, you you need a canvas, you know, whatever that canvas is. And it's, you know, I was working on a job in New York for five years where it was a network show. It was great but you don't have a lot of control and you know, you may have ideas or things like that, but a lot of it, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're part of a machine, which is not a bad thing. It's great. It's definitely a lot to learn from that. But I think on top of that, as an artist, you need to have outlets and places where you can um, really feel like you're heard. And I feel like, you know, at least with, with Critical Role and the stuff that we've been doing. I mean, it's fucking weird and doesn't make any sense that we're playing Dungeons & Dragons on, on, on Twitch, but we're doing other stuff out of that. But it's been this really kind of nice... Um, like, I feel like it makes me a little less stressed with everything else that, you know, and maybe you feel like that with a podcast or doing things where they're things that you're making on your own where you don't feel that stress of like, ah, I need to get this job or I need to do this other thing because I need to express myself. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's, it's incredibly important. Like I, I feel like there are things that I find confidence in and that's, that's probably one of them. Mm. What? Um, do you have any, like, this is not my, my last question for you. Um, do you have any, like routines or rituals or mantras or anything that you do on a day-to-day basis that helps you in your confidence. And you may, you might not, the answer can also be no. Yeah. Um, well, it's interesting right now. Cause I, I, I feel like if we weren't doing this during quarantine, I feel like I might have a different answer, but I feel like because of it's been such a pressure cooker of being home, you're, probably everybody's thinking about a lot of things, but I feel like for me, especially during this time, I've gone back to the basics of like, I'm going back to things where I'm like, okay, what did I, what did I love as a kid that I stopped doing? Mm. And you know, I'm I'm going back to those things and actually finding like, wow, there's so much creativity here in, um, you know, like we've been skateboarding a lot yeah. and it's, it's great. But I think something that I don't do a lot, I don't go on social media a lot. Um, I, I mean, lately it's been more because I'm really fucking bored. Right. but outside of you know outside of all this like I don't go on Instagram a lot I don't go on Twitter a lot and I feel like it's 
it's so easy to jump on those things and then just start comparing and being like, oh man, somebody else is doing so much more work than I'm doing right now. I need to like, I need to do something. Um, I feel like that's a huge, that's a big habit that I have is I, I don't, uh, I'm not big on, I, I have them obviously, but I don't look at them a lot. And I notice when I'm more consistent with looking at them, I'm not as happy. Um, and I read, I read a ton and I would tell anybody to just like, you gain more confidence if you know what's going on in the world. I have uh, a subscription to the New York Times, so I read my paper in the morning. I read, like read a ton. And a big takeaway for me, I haven't finished the course, but I've been thinking about redoing it again is, um, the artist's way. Mm-hmm. I haven't, haven't done it. Yes. I know. I've been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should do it. Maybe we should do um, it. Um, but a big thing in that where she talks about taking yourself on artist dates and doing things alone that are just for you. And I think that's incredibly important in doing something that you're not posting about. Yeah. Because there's, there's this weird thing of like, well, I'm doing this watercolor class I need to show everybody my work and show everybody what I'm doing like stop it do it just for you and see what happens yeah I love this well thanks for chatting with me I'm gonna I've been taking notes during this whole thing so I'm gonna read you back uh Ashley's tips for confidence oh boy okay oh man it's a whole page um okay here we go be prepared go to therapy be comfortable in your own skin be autonomous, have agency, self-reflection, discovering what you need as a person, relationships, Mm -hmm. redirection rather than changing who you are, accepting where you are, know who you are and make decisions that are in line with that. Put fear aside, be prepared so you can feel free. Uh, Just say yes sometimes. Work on things that scare you. Know what you need to succeed and ask for it. Get rejected, get back up. Find ways to express yourself, read, and do things that are just for you. Hey. hey. Okay. <laughs> we, we know what we're talking about. We figured it out. Hey, all right. <laughs> uh, man, thank you so much for chatting with me. Thank this you has been so a treat. Much. I could truly talk to you for hours and hours about all of this stuff. Same. Um, it's, it's so fun. It's such a treat to be able to chat with you. Hey, man. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the first episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I'd love to hear from listeners about things that have helped you build your confidence. Whether that's a mantra, a routine, maybe a favorite book or an event that you went through, leave it in the review section. Or if you have a question regarding confidence that you'd love to hear discussed on this podcast, you can leave that in the review section as well and I'll check it out. Thanks again for listening.